Happy New Year, beautiful. Happy New Year. Thank you, my man. Appreciate it. How are you, babe? Happy New Year, everyone. Good. 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 You went to bed at like 1.30, almost 2 o'clock, <laughs> even after that, actually. And girl, you look vibrant today. Oh. Let's go. Amen. You look alive. <laughs> so Love do you. you. Good job. I asked Renee, there's something special about today being literally, it happens what, once every seven years or whatever it is, that literally you have Sunday on the very first day of the year. This is day one. And so I wanted to just get some things in today that were so important. The gospel is vital. It is what we are. This first priority, uh, this first, first fruits offering, amazing. And then I wanted Renee to kick off the preaching of the word this year where she is going to just pray. She's going to have a word and uh, she's going to pray over the anointed preaching that God is going to move this year through the preaching and lives will never be the same again. Lives will never be the same again. There will be power from this pulpit. There is power in the word. And we're going to preach the word straight and alive because it is alive and it is powerful. And we're going to see God do a mighty work in families and husbands and wives and young adults and singles and teenagers and children. God is going to move this year uh, in 2023 through the preaching and the power of his word. We've always relied on the preaching of this word. There has been nothing else. Every ministry that we have preaches this word and preaches it straight. But I want an anointing on it this year. And Renee's, I've asked Renee to pray for that, but she's got a word. Girl, get it. Amen. Get it. Come on. Happy New Year, everyone. Praise God. And I just want to uh, declare victory this year over Believer's Chapel, over the people of God here in this church, because we have the victory in Jesus Christ. He has already done it. We have the victory, and we just have to um, lay hold of the victory that he has already given us. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And 1 John 5, 2 says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith is our victory. We are the people of God, and we walk by faith, not by sight. We have to live out this, this thing called faith, and we have to believe before we actually see what will come to pass, because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and we have to be people of faith. We have to walk by faith, and we have to keep declaring victory that we will lay a hold of it. Whether you see it yet or not, it doesn't matter because you're going to believe it. And um, I go back to Jehoshaphat's prayer, um, just believing that as we pray and as we fast and as we praise God, that he wins every battle. He is fighting our every battle. He is fighting for you right now behind the scenes, whatever you're going through. When the enemy raises up a flood against you, he comes in like a flood. It says that the, the Lord God will raise up a standard against that, and he is fighting for us. So we just have to be people of faith, and we have to just declare the victory. And the Bible says also, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I believe in saying so. So I want you to say, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Amen. I love it. Amen. <laughs> I mean, we have to start declaring the victory and laying a hold of it and having these, the 2020 vision in the spirit that the Holy Spirit will give you to believe by faith that you have the victory already. And this is just like this word that 
I am laying a hold of this year that I know I already have the victory and we just want to pray over you and pray a blessing and start declaring the word of the Lord over you this year and knowing that God is fighting our every battle and we just need to lean in we need what we do is we pray we fast and we praise our God through it all amen amen Thank you, Father, for this first day of 2023, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your anointing. We thank you, Lord, that you are here in our midst. We thank you for this place, Lord, where we can come and worship you, Father, that we can lift up holy hands in the sanctuary, Lord, that we can come boldly to your throne of grace, Father, that you hear our prayers, Father, and you say that whatever we ask in your name, we have it, Lord, that we can believe it, Father. So we just thank you right now, Lord, as your word is preached, that it is going to be spoken, Father, with power, Lord, that it will fall on good ground. Every heart is soft and ready to receive, Lord, your word, that it's going to be planted in hearts, Father, that it will sprout and flourish and bring forth fruit in every single family here, Father, and online, Father. We thank you for these families, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, Father. We thank you for our every ministry, Father, under Believer's Chapel, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are your hands and feet, Father, that we have an assignment from heaven, Lord, that this is not our home. We are your ambassadors, Father. So we ask, Father, for your power, Lord, to go forth and to minister and to preach your word and to see lives changed forever. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, baby. Come on, turn to Titus chapter 2, please. Hey, for the first half of this year, like this this week and next week, we're getting into some things that are just been on my heart and kind of setting a table for this year. And uh, I believe that we are called to fight the good fight. Uh, today, we are going to take communion on the first day of the year. We'll end the service with communion. Um, I know it's a little different, but uh, this is how we roll for the first service day one of 2023. Uh, what a blessing it is, and thank you again for being here today. I know it's holiday, and I know, I'm pumped that you are with us today. Uh, come tonight for Seek. Seek is going to be blowout. Let's give the Lord the whole year tonight at Seek. We will seek him in song and worship, and we will seek him in prayer. But man, for the first part of this year, we're going to be looking at, at going through the book of James. Eventually, we're, I'm going to preach through the whole book of James. We're going to look at what it is to truly fast, what it means to fast, the importance of fasting. Uh, we're going to be looking at the marks of a mature believer. Like, what does it mean to be a mature believer? Like, we need to get off the milk and onto the meat. We need to get off the milk. That's going to be a message that's going to last probably six or seven weeks. We need to get off the milk and onto the meat. And uh, we're going to talk about these th through through few things for the first part of 2023 and get us on target for the year. I'm a big fan of, of three three areas, man. If you start right and you stay right, you end right. If you start right and you stay right, you end right. And that can be consistency that brings that victory. So come on, let's look at Titus chapter 2. If you just would, would look at me, we're in this uh, short time today because of the timing. And then next week we will dive deep into, into this little mini-series to start off this year of what it really means to live godly among the godless. What does it really look like for us as believers, those who've claimed Christ those who said, you are Lord, that you are my master. And we talked about this Christmas Eve. Uh, just a shout out for a moment for our Christmas Eve service. That was dynamic. Like, that was awesome. The volunteers, incredible. The music, loved the drama. That was fun. And just, it was just a tremendous, tremendous night. Uh, first service, packed. Five o'clock was packed, packed. 
Uh, second service was, was, was well, well busy, but man, I wanted it packed, packed. But I thought 7.30 is going to be the busy one. I was wrong. Five, five o'clock was the packed house. It was awesome. And just a, a super thanks to those who served, those who volunteered, the drama team. Like, it was a great night, and I'm just so grateful for that. But a part of that message, the short message, was what it means that Jesus is Lord. And this is what I want for this year. If you truly confess he is Lord, that means I've made an agreement. The word confess says I made an agreement. Man, I, and I, we're going to talk about this more a little bit even next week. Because when you say, I'm in, man, I've surrendered all, I belong to him, uh, then that means my opinion doesn't matter. Political opinion, popular opinion, people's opinion doesn't matter. God's opinion is the only one that I'm following. His opinion is found in the absolute truth of God's word. And you look at what it means that if I'm going to live godly, that I've claimed that he is my Lord, and the word Lord means that he is my master, he is sir, he has supreme authority over my life, and he has complete, watch this, he has complete ownership of my rights. That's Lord. I'm a servant. Servant means slave. I'm a bond slave to Jesus Christ in a healthy, good way because he loves me and cares for me because I'll be filled with love, joy, and peace. Man, his Holy Spirit reigns and dwells within me. There's so much power and authority to us as born-again believers in Christ, but it does come to, to, to us being with him on his terms. He is Lord. And when we start 2023 saying, okay, if I'm going to live godly among the godless, what's that going to look like? Like, what is that going to look like if I am one who's claimed Christ as Lord and Savior? I know that I'm born again. Yes, he is my Lord. I know my position in him. I know who I am in him. And I know that he is my master. And I know that I follow him. Like, it's all about him. I get that. I've surrendered to him. Like, when I know that, I can live godly among the godless and you'll stand out and you'll be strong and you'll be bold and you'll be unafraid and you'll walk truly in this place if I am not ashamed of the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's something that happens in your spirit when you get that. So what does it mean to live godly? What is the, when you see in scripture, we're going to look at it in just a minute and we're going to cover it deeper next week. But what, what's the definition of godliness? Like when, we, when I am called to be godly, when it means that I am going to live godly in this present age, right? Godliness, in your word, it might actually say piety, right? Piety. And it, mean, it means, a, it means this, this, this devotion that leads to this holy reverence that leads to this holy lifestyle. That's what godliness means. If I'm going to be a godly man or a godly woman or a godly teenager or a godly child because of who Christ did for us on the cross, man, woman, and child, then I'm going to walk in a way of this devoted respect and reverence to God. And if I, if I understand what it means to be godly, if I understand what it means to be a man who's godly, if you are a woman and you want to be godly, or you're a teenager or a child and you want to be godly, then that means I have this, this reverence and I have this devotion that shows up in my respect of God that then it equals holiness and purity. That's what godliness means. If I'm going to be godly, I'm going to be devoted, I'm going to walk in this high, dignified respect and reverence of God, then it's going to show up in my holy living. It's going to show up in purity amongst those who are ungodly. And the ungodly means those who have no respect for God. Those who walk in wickedness. So we see this, and let's look at this short time today. I want us to see this. Titus chapter 2, please. 
Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, it says this, for the grace of God has appeared. I love this. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. The grace of God, that, that is his kindness. That is his goodness. That is his favor. That's what grace means. The grace of God, God's kindness, his favor has, uh, has appeared, bringing salvation. Well, what does that mean? Like when you see the grace of God has appeared, that's a reference to Jesus. Jesus appeared for what? Salvation. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. Like you, everyone knows John 3, 16, God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son, whoever believed in him shall not perish, have everlasting life. What about John 3, 17? Jesus didn't come in the world to judge the world, but to rescue the world, to save the world. There's judgment to come after death, then comes judgment. Jesus came as our rescuer. Jesus came as our deliverer. And when you see this in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. That's Jesus. Instructing us, here it is, watch this. Like, like look at this for 2023. Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires. To deny, instructing us to deny. Deny means to say no. Deny means to reject. Your version may actually say to reject ungodliness, to reject wickedness, to reject those who lack respect of God, and to reject, to say no, to deny a worldly desire. The word desire, there's a passion, and it's referencing immorality. We have got to be a people who say no to ungodliness. We've got to be a people who understand what it is to reject those who have zero respect for God who have zero respect and reverence for God. There's this sense of what it is to, to say no and to deny uh, this worldly desire, these passions and these lusts and this immorality. And watch how we're supposed to live. That's what we're supposed to deny. But this is how we're supposed to live. Watch this, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, but to live and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly. We're called to live sensibly. Righteously. Righteous means to be right with God. And then godly, it means to walk in this devotion and reverence and respect that leads to holiness and purity. But the word sensibly, I love this because this is a reference like, hey, you need to live sensibly. You need to live with a sound mind. You, this is what sensibly means. You, you, you have to live in a way that you're making good decisions because you're walking in right judgment. Your mind is sound. It means soberly. Like how many times, even in the past year, maybe this is true for many people, that this year, one of your things that you want to work on, I got to get this thing right. I got to get this thing right. I got to get my mind in direction. I got to get my mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Like set your mind, fix your mind on things above, Colossians 3, and not on things of the earth. Like what happens when we let our mind just go, just go crazy? Your mind keeps you up at night. Your mind is causing all kind of depression. Your mind is causing all kind of issues. You're like, okay, one of the things I got to do this year is get my mind right. Well, what are the things, watch this, when, the, when, when this speaks about, about what it is to be, about in this sense, this is how we're supposed to live, sensibly. Well, that means a sober mind. That means a sound mind. That means sober mind means what is it? Not necessarily of an intoxicating substance such as it could be. It could mean alcohol or drugs. But what is it that in your mind that you are putting in your mind by things that you watch or listen to or influences that you allow in your world that cause your mind to be so distracted? 
that your mind isn't clear. Sober means to be clear. It means to have a sound mind. It means to have a clear mind. It means I'm not going to allow any intoxicating elements within my thinker. He says, this is how we're supposed to live. Sensibly, righteously, right according to what God says is right, not anyone else. Only God's opinion matters because he's my Lord. And then godly. Watch this. Look what he says. Sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. That, I love where it says, like, this is how we're supposed to live now, right now. There's benefit to this now. Like, in the present age. The age that you are living in is the present age. It's not the age of past. It's not the age of future. It's the now. This is, this is where it is. So when, when you say, okay, maybe this is the first day that really changes everything. Maybe this is day one of the year, but it's a day that's not just day one of the year. It's day one that I get a new perspective. Man, this changes everything for me. Man, I understand that this is how I'm supposed to live. I'm not walking in the way of ungodliness. I'm not walking in the way of the world desire. I'm not walking in the way the world thinks. Man, I need to walk in the sense, uh, sensibility. I need a sound mind. I need to walk in a way that is right according to what God says is right. And I need to walk godly, man. I need to walk in this dignified devotion of my respect and reverence to God. Now, right now, while I'm in this present age, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but now, and that leads to tomorrow. You can do nothing about your 365. Yesterday is over. And it is my hope there is a shift in us for this year that it's like, okay, it's time for me to get targeted. I had too much. I had too much going on up here. And it affected right here. There's too much in my head and it affected my heart. What happens if we say, okay, no, I need to be sensible. I need to be of a sound mind. I need to have a clear thinker. Understand righteousness. Then I can understand godliness in this present age. Look what he says. Looking for. That's active participation. That's right now. Looking for the blessed hope. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Looking for, like, church, I believe this. The rapture is the nest next big event to take place. I believe Jesus is coming. I believe he could come any moment. I'm excited about his return. I want to live for my leaving. This is such a temporary life. I want to do everything I possibly can do in the very short time that I have to get to stand before my father that he would say, well done. This is what I'm striving for. Not, not walking in perfection, but this is my goal. I want to live for my leaving. And this is what he says right here. Listen, we're supposed to be living this way, but we're supposed to be looking for. Live this way, sensibly righteous and godly, but be looking for the return, looking for the blessed hope, looking for the appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. This is who we're looking for. Jesus could come at any moment, and we pray that he come quickly. We want Jesus to return. The only thing, please hear me, the only thing holding back the return of Christ at this point is that more people need Jesus. It is the patience of God. 
It is the patience of God because he has such a deep love for that which he created in mankind. That is what's holding back the return as more people need Jesus. More people need Jesus. Until all the nations hear, that's when Jesus will return. But are we looking for that? Because I promise you this, if you live in a way that you're looking for his return, it changes your day. It changes your encounters. It changes your moments. If you take this year and you wake up and say, Lord, I surrender all today. You are my Lord. You're my master. You're my sir. I'm in. I surrender. You don't owe me anything. I owe you everything. I'm in. And Jesus, this could be the day. This could be the day that you return. Help me to live in such a way for your leaving, for, for, for my leaving, because you're coming. Man, what would change? Truly, what would change? And I love this. Watch this. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us. Who gave himself for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But please hear it. Watch, watch what this means. We know John 3.16. God, you loved us and you sent your son for us. But there's a second part to this. Because Jesus Christ himself gave himself up. You got to get this man. Jesus Christ, who is God, was in full, complete agreement with giving himself up. That was the plan. God loved he gave. Jesus loved. He gave himself for us. So when you see this, yes, we get John 3, 16. God, you love me so much that you gave your son for me. But Jesus being, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus being God was a part of that same heart. Say, yes, yes, my father gave me to you. But watch this. He gave himself for us. You look at what it means that God loved, He gave, and when you look what it means that Jesus was in full agreement to give Himself. This is the crucifixion. This this is the punishment for my sin. This was the payment. This was the price that had to be paid so that I could be born again. This is the price that had to be paid for me to be reconciled with the Father, to go from enemy because of my sin to friend and to son, to say I belong to him. I have been adopted by him because of the beautiful work of the cross, because God loved me and gave his son, because Jesus loved me and gave himself up for me to redeem me. That's what it says. You gave himself up to redeem us from every lawless deed from all sin. To redeem, the word redeem, it means price paid, bought back. Church, what's it look like this year for us to live in such a way that the cross is more personal than it's ever been? When I know that Jesus Christ put himself on this earth, put flesh on to live this innocent life for that day that he would get arrested in the garden. And from that moment on, his body was just shredded, torn, beaten, mocked, and destroyed physically. Mocked, being spit on, being slapped, having this crown of thorns three inches deep, put on his head and hammered into his skull by a little rod, little, little, like a little baseball bat. Then being stripped naked, tied to a post, hands over his head. These monstrous centurion soldiers with whips in their hand 
begin to just shred our king's body. Piece by piece. History tells us some of the most gruesome floggings would leave bone exposed and your back would be exposed and your ribs would be exposed and and like you would just see spines being exposed and Isaiah 52 14 says that he was unrecognizable as a human being and they try to make him carry the cross he can't do that he's so badly ripped he can't even carry the cross they get him to the top of the hill lay him on the pieces of wood found nails in his wrists probably here and here they're probably like railroad tie type nails and then to his feet brought him up and had that thing jammed into this hole that was waiting this is common and then at that moment many of his joints would come out of out of joint his bones would become dislocated to redeem us to buy me back to pay the price that was the price that was the price for my salvation that was the price for my freedom here's the son of God on a cross so badly shredded you couldn't recognize him as a human. Nails in his feet and in his hand to redeem us, to buy me back, to pay the price. Watch this, I love this. And to purify for himself a people for his own possession. To purify for himself a people for his own possession, I can boldly say, I belong to God. I am adopted. I am a child of God by the amazing, incredible, beautiful work of the cross that I have been bought back. I have been paid for. I am redeemed. I have been reconciled. And in that, I belong to him. God wanted a people for himself. And I'm on that team because of the beautiful work of the cross. Because Jesus Christ gave himself up for us to redeem us, to be the price that had to be paid for me and for you. For me, church, this is personal. For me, church, this is who Jesus is for me. For me, church, he was my payment on that cross. Payment that I should have paid. I should have died. I can't do that. Jesus did that for me because God loved me. And Jesus gave himself up for me to be the price that had to be paid. So that God says, he's mine. He belongs to me. Church is personal. What happens if you say it's time to make my life personal? I will live godly among the godless. I will live in a way that honors and glorifies my King and my Lord. And all Jesus says for a time of communion, he says, don't ever forget it. Man, don't ever forget it. This is the way it had to be. 
remember me. Remember my body. Remember the blood that was shed. Don't ever forget it. I love that Jesus like, it's personal. It's personal. Come on, bow your heads just for a moment. Can I ask, is it personal for you? Do you get this? Because this changes everything if you get it. It's not difficult to worship. It's not difficult to praise him. It's not difficult to serve him. It's not difficult to walk in obedience and tithes and offerings to give to him. When you know this is what Jesus did for me, it's easy to be able to worship him back. And my response is worship and thanksgiving and praise. My response is obedience. My response is to serve him. My response is to give. My response is to be generous because he owns it all. Jesus is not hard for me. This is what you did for me, and I know this. And God Almighty, I belong to you. I am your son. I'm adopted. I belong. I am your people of your own possession. I belong to you. It's not hard to worship. It's not difficult to praise him. This is our response to him, church. It's not difficult to give. It's not difficult to walk in obedience. It's not difficult to love one another. It's not difficult to serve one another. Jesus is the example. Jesus, you did this for me. It's not difficult for me to worship you and praise you and honor you and glorify you, to walk in obedience to your word because this is what you did for me. Come for you to open your communion, please. remember and we thank you for the cross. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for redemption and we thank you that we have been justified and reconciled. We have gone from enemy to friend because of that price that had to be paid. And on this first day of this year, we remember you and we acknowledge you. Fill us with joy. God, fill us with peace and help it to be easy for us this year to worship you and to praise you and to serve you and to love you. Help it to be easy for us to commit to you. Help it to be easy for us to surrender all. On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead, please. same way he took the cup there's a new covenant in my blood as often as you drink this I love that as often meaning right now as often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me go ahead please Lord we remember we're amazed we love you we owe you everything. Let this year be a year that we surrender. Let this year be a year we grow in our maturity. Let this year be a year we go deeper in doctrine. Let this year be a year we, we commit our day and our hour and our moments to you. We will see your hand move. We will see your hand move again and again and again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, come on, amen.
Normally, we do take up our tithes and offerings in the very beginning of service. Today, we're going to do it a little differently. Uh, we're just going to have gentlemen at the door. You've been so patient today. I just so appreciate it. But we're going to have gentlemen at the door. And you can just, on your way out, you can just put your tithes and offerings right in the bucket uh, on, on our way out. Tonight is going to be seek. It's going to be amazing. Listen, the, I, I said in the first service, the only excuse, there's no better place to be right here tonight at 6. If you're in the hospital giving birth to a baby, that might take that might take a priority. Outside of that, you should be here tonight. Don't give birth here. That's I'm not saying that. Don't don't bring that beautiful mess here. But like if you like it is beautiful. But if you're pregnant and you're going to give birth, that's your excuse for tonight. Outside of that, be here tonight. Start this year as a priority of seeking God and pursuing him and giving him truly the month. Come on. God bless you. Uh, We'll see you tonight at six. Hallelujah.